Chapter 8 of Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia by St. George Henry Rathborn. Chapter 8 Demona, the Ranch Queen. Three weeks after the events we have just chronicled, there might have been seen in the town of Perth, the largest place in West Australia, a young girl who stood on the principal street with a pair of coal-blacked eyes riveted upon a man who had just emerged from one of the rich gaming resorts of the colonial capital. Her figure was perfect and her face was white and handsome. She may have passed her teens, for she showed a few marks of having reached and passed the twentieth milestone. But for all this, she was striking with her dark skin and her lustrous eyes. Her prey stood in the light of a lamp that swung in a glass case over the door of the El Dorado, as the place was called, and now and then she seemed to start while she regarded him. Those who knew the man would have called him Merle McRae, and his well-rounded figure, dressed in a rich ranch costume, was shown off to advantage. Wait, said the girl through her clenched teeth. My time will come, and then you will feel the vengeance of stare, yes. I never forget, monster, and by and by the hand of fate will fall and smite you. It can't always last thus. You can reign on the ranch as its king, but here and elsewhere you can't play out your hands and chuckle your satisfaction. I've waited for you to come back, she went on, her eyes flashing again. I could have entered the nest and killed the bird there, but I thought I would wait till your return. And now you're back. It won't be long, Merle the ranchman. It won't be long, I say. And she laughed as she turned away and left the man to himself. Around the corner, she darted into a small place and went upstairs to where an old woman sat in a dim light, sewing. I've seen him, Hester, cried the girl, standing in front of the woman and looking down upon her with passion. I've watched him for an hour and yet didn't touch the rascal. It was your chance, girl. I know it. And I had the weapon in my hand at the time, but I spared him. Am I not merciful? And she laughed. Merciful? You should have a crown for your mercy. The time will come. Yes, I have taken the oath that will not be forgotten. He is back from the far-off land. He has been out to Round Robin Ranch, but he is in Perth tonight. You missed him in Melbourne. I did, broke in the girl, but that wasn't my fault. I didn't know just what vessel he was coming out on. And when the intrepid came in, I must have overlooked him, for I watched her passengers. He must have been disguised. Yes, yes, that's it, disguised. He will need the best of masks to escape me. Of course, said the old woman. This man must feel our hand, girl. He shall. He must die. Nothing less than death. That's it. His crime must meet with the proper punishment. But what, think you, took him to America? Time will tell, but I believe she sent him. Beldemona? Yes, Demon Bella. And the face of Steria seemed to lose every vestige of color. I could have strangled her on the ranch despite her dogs and her agility. She is on the watch all the time, but I had her for half an hour at my mercy, though she knew it not. I could have thrown a snake from the bush into her bed, and they would have found her a bloated corpse in the morning, but I did not. I could have shot Merle tonight, but I withheld my hand. Don't do it again, girl. We may be too lenient. Just so. I will strike soon. 
Sirius went over to a corner and sat down. The light falling upon her face showed traces of her excitement, and she fell to watching her companion, who went back to her work and seemed to forget all that had passed between them. If he did anything for her, if he committed any crimes while he was away, they may come after him and take him from us, suddenly said the old woman, looking up. They shall not, cried Sterius. I'll kill the hunters first. That's it. He's not to escape us. Mother, never. Meanwhile, Merle Macrae had departed from Perth. The night was a beautiful one, and he had mounted a horse in the principal square, and, with a young man for company, was riding in a northeasterly direction from the Australian town. His companion was younger than he, and not so good-looking. Both were well-mounted, and the horses, being fresh, bore them rapidly over the gently undulating country, with a light breeze at their back and a good highway before them. It was a long ride for the pair, for in a short time they passed beyond the line of human habitation and found themselves in an open country under the broad expanse of the starlit heavens. Midnight overtook them in the same desolate land, but all at once the scene changed. The country began to grow diversified with grass and timber, and pasture lands appeared on either side. They had reached a grazing district, and the long wire fences met them as they rode along. Presently, the barking of dogs was heard, and in a few moments the riders threw their lines over the steeds' necks and dismounted. A light appeared in the courtyard of a large ranch house in front of them, and the voice of a woman was heard. "'Back again!' exclaimed the woman, who stood in the court with a light in her hand. "'Yes!' cried Merle McRae, as he sprang forward and pressed something into her hand. She looked at it and smiled. She was a person of five-and-twenty, regal in appearance and splendidly handsome. Her figure was commanding, and her face, a little dark like the face of Staryas, was strikingly beautiful. Merle left his companion to take care of the horses and entered the house with the woman. Inside, everything was in keeping with wealth. On every side was to be seen rich hangings and articles of vertu. Rich carpets that yielded to the feet covered the floors, and the walls were adorned with the costliest pictures. It was a typical sheep king's home in West Australia, the palace of wealth in that quarter of the globe. Beyond it lay the bush. Not far away began the desert of death, and among its land valleys lurked the lizard and the sand snake, whose bite is certain destruction. Merle McRae strode into the house and stopped in the large parlor to the right of the hall. His companion took a seat on a sofa and regarded him with eyes which seemed capable of devouring him. "'Tell me, did you make sure of the tracker?' she asked. "'Didn't I?' he laughed. "'Of course you did not see him.' "'No. How could I see a man who's at the bottom of old Danny's pit?' "'But you did not see him there.' "'I know he's there, for old Danny never lies. "'And he saw him in the pit and then flooded it with water. "'But I've assured you of this before.' "'I know that.' But you know how we women are. We get our spells of doubt sometimes, and don't let this spoil your sleep now. It's all right. The man who played Shadower is dead, and sleeps tonight where he should sleep, at the bottom of the pit. She crossed the room and opened a sideboard ingeniously set in the wall. In another moment, she came back with bottle and goblets and filled the latter with red wine. Drink with me, then. I feel like a new woman. It is accomplished. I told him that he should feel my hand no matter where he went, and my threat has been fulfilled. You did it well, Merle. I am proud of you. Merle McRae, looking over the brim of his goblet, saw her eyes get a merry, triumphant light, 
and then he downed his wine, and set the glass on the awning's topped table. I have secured the additional hands you need, said he. I had some little trouble in picking them up in Perth, and they'll be here in a day or two. You've got good men? Yes. I left it to Jot, and he will send those I did not get to see. How are the natives? A little troublesome, but with the force I sent for, we'll meet them triumphantly. It's not to be that I have to succumb to a lot of brigands, and I will not pay tribute to their chief. That's right, not a pound, cried Merle. We will take the initiative as soon as the men arrive, and we'll show them that they can't levy tribute on Round Robin Ranch. Indeed we will. I am Bell Demona, or Bell the Demon, as they shall learn. And when our men come, we will show these scoundrels that we are not to be bled. Merle drank off another glass of wine, and the woman left him alone. Round Robin Ranch was the largest and richest sheep ranch in the district. It belonged to the woman who was known as Belle de Mona, and whose wealth was said to be almost marvelous. She had come out some years before the opening of our story, and had made money hand over fist in the new lands of Australia, and her sheep were to be seen by thousands on the grazing lands of Round Robin Ranch. Her overseer and general agent was Merle McRae, who had come out with her, and who had just come back after an absence of over six months. No one knew where he had been, though it was said that he was in London, investing some of the ranch queen's savings and attending to other business for his mistress. There were rumors that at one time the ranch queen had led a wild life in the capitals of Europe, and even in far-off America, but no one cared to make a public declaration of this sort. The woman would not have submitted to such reports, and she was known everywhere as a perfect shot, and a creature who feared nothing, not even the plundering bands that now and then raided the rich ranches and levied tribute on their owners. But there was one person who knew where Merle McRae had been. Old Broadbrim carried the true secret of his long absence in his bosom, and he had followed him to the island, tracking him from the scene of crime in New York to cling for life in the pit trap of old Danny in Melbourne. End of chapter 8